evening, everyone. I want to welcome us to another session of What Feast. And I pray that the Almighty God will bless us once again tonight. Uh, shall we pray? Our righteous Father, I want to thank you once again for this opportunity to look at your word together. Sweet Holy Spirit, we ask, just as you always do, please come and reveal the person of God to us. Come and reveal the person of Jesus to us. Tonight, as we look into your word briefly, please open our heart to receive from you. Please open our understanding to see beyond the letters. Open our understanding to behold wondrous things out of your law in the name of Jesus. And Father, please we ask in your mercy at the end of tonight's teaching, cause our lives to be transformed, cause us to experience a, experience a positive change in every facet of our lives. Thank you, Father, because you've answered. All glory and adoration belongs to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Uh, once again, I want to welcome us to another session of Word Priest. Uh, uh, last week, I'm very sorry, we couldn't have the session due to uh, certain issues that were uh, beyond uh, our control. Uh, but today, we would continue from where we stopped last two weeks. And uh, just to serve as a reminder, or just to serve as a recap for us, we started the topic, the life of God, uh, from the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, specifically. We started the life of God, the topic, the life of God, where we looked at uh, what it takes to walk in the reality of the divine nature. And at the first week we started this topic, we spoke about the importance or the vital role the mind plays uh, in uh, living out the divine nature, the role the, 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 the mind plays in exhibiting the divine nature. Uh, and we saw last week that uh, it takes the mind, okay, to actually experience fruitfulness, you know, in every ramification of our lives. When our mind is dormant, when our mind is not renewed, when our mind is unfruitful, then we tend to experience unfruitfulness in whatsoever aspect of our life that we are trusting God for such fruitfulness. As a matter of fact, uh, anything or any change that we experience outwardly begins from the mind. Okay, the prodigal son, take for instance, uh, didn't experience a positive change until he came to himself. The word of God says, when he came to himself and he began to think that how many of his father's hired servant, okay, uh, don't have anything to eat, how many of his father's hired servant feed themselves with the food of, of, of swines, okay, he came to himself, then he began to engage his mind appropriately in the word of God. He began to engage his mind. That's why God says that come, let us reason together. If your sins be read as scarlet, no, let's reason together. Let's look at it. Okay. And that means uh, God expects us to engage our mind. Okay. Despite the fact that we are created in the image of God, despite the fact that uh uh what's it called God is all powerful, he's sovereign, he has the power to do anything, you must understand that uh God also recognized the place of the will or the mind of man. And that's why it, it says to us in his word, I place before you this day life and death. But, they, uh, but, but then uh, he advises us to choose life if we, we, if we must live. Okay, so uh, that's just a brief recap of what we had uh, two weeks ago when we started the topic. Now today, 
uh, we would be looking at the importance of spiritual understanding. Okay, the importance of spiritual understanding. Then we're going to continue from uh, with the test where we uh, started from last two weeks, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, we, we looked at verse 17 last week, uh, but then we're going to be looking at verse 18, which says, Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Okay, it's talking about uh, the Gentiles whose mind are darkened, okay, and who are not a partaker of the divine nature, who, who have, have been uh, alienated from the life of God, who are not partakers of the divine nature or the life that is in God, who are actually uh, have not experienced or are not experiencing the divine nature or the kind of life God uh, intended for man. Okay, why? And, and he gave us the reason. He said, because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And that tells us that when ignorance is in play, okay, there will be chaos. When ignorance is in place, where ignorance is, is at work in the life of a man, there will be disorderliness. When ignorance is at work in, in a man, there is, there, is, there is darkness. There is lack of understanding of, of what uh, you are created for. There is lack of understanding of what you should do with your life of or what you should be doing with your life okay and when we talk about our ignorance ignorance talks about our darkness okay lack of ability to know what to do at a particular point in time okay and uh, god created us he designed us for a purpose okay god created us to exhibit okay the divine nature and that was why he said in the book of genesis that uh, he made us to to be to, I mean, to to be in his likeness. He formed us in his very image. But because of ignorance, okay, man was alienated, okay, from the life that is in God. Man was made to live a life that is short of what God has planned for them. Second Peter chapter one, verse three to four, I have something to say in in line uh, with this. Verse three says, according as his divine power. Had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, okay, through the knowledge of Him that had called us to glory and virtue, according as His divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through what the knowledge of Him that had called us to glory and virtue. That means it's not enough for us to be called out of darkness into His marvelous light. Is not enough for us to be caught into glory and virtue, but we must understand what it means to walk in glory. We must understand what it means to walk gloriously, to be a virtuous a Christian. Okay, we must understand what it means. The word of God says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of every king's, according to Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, the honor of every king's is to search it out because you have been made as kings and priests. In Revelation 5, verse 10, we saw it there where we made kings and priests. Okay? But it is the honor of every king, every God ordained king, everyone who has been called out of darkness into the marvelous. It is our responsibility if we must walk in glory, if we must not be ashamed, it is our responsibility to search it out. 
it is our responsibility to engage ourselves in in, in the art search you know for the truth to engage ourselves in searching of scriptures if we must walk in glory okay verse 4 of that same second peter chapter 1 says whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, by this exceeding great and precious promises, we become partakers of the divine nature. Okay, we become partakers of them. We become partakers of what God wants us to be like. Okay, the word of God says in the book of Psalms that ye are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. But because ye know not, ye shall die like mere men. Okay, because you don't know what you are made up of. You don't know what stuff you are made up of. You don't know the value that God has placed on your life. Because you don't know the value that you, God has placed on your life, you get afraid at every slightest challenge. You get uh, you chicken out of 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 of, of or chicken out because of the confrontations that you experience in life, and you allow the enemy to conquer, to overcome, to take the glory. Okay, he said, we have by this exceeding great and precious promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature. That means when we rightfully know what we have who we are in Christ, then we can rightfully take our place. That means without knowledge, it is very, very difficult and impossible to live a triumphant and glorious life. Without the knowledge of God or who we are in Christ or what God has done for us or what he has made us to be, it will be very, very difficult for us to live like God. Young earth. It was said about Apostle Paul that the gods has come to us in the likeness of men. How? Why? Because he understood who he is in God. He understood who he is in God. He understood what God has done for him. Okay, and that's why he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conform conformable unto his death that I may know him, that I may know him, that I may know him. Paul was a man of knowledge. He was a man of knowledge who, who still studies, you know, till the point of his death. He told uh, Timothy that when you are coming, bring with you my parchment, my notes. Talking about a man of knowledge. A man of knowledge. So if we must experience the life of God in our life, we must see, at, see the life of God at work in our life, we must ensure that we are given totally to the study of the word of God. Before we leave that verse, I would like us to see one or two things. Uh, that verse 4 says, Whereby I have given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Okay, the promises are exceeding and great. Uh, God does not speak to us based on our capacity, but on his capacity. And that's why the word of God says that eyes have not seen. Yes, as no age. Neither has he entered into the heart of man. What God has in store for them that love him. Exceeding great precious promises. Okay. He said he is able to do exceedingly above all we could ask or think. Exceeding great precious promises. That means God does not speak based on our capacity, but based on what he can do to us. Okay. God does not speak based on what we can achieve in our own strength, but what he is willing to achieve through us. God won't come down to your level, 
God will speak according to his capacity. It is now left for us to walk in faith, to align ourselves. And that's why the word of God says that without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please God. As a matter of fact, the arm of flesh will fail us. So if, for instance, God says, be thou perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect, he is not speaking to you based on human standpoint because he knows we he knows we can't live in, in our own strength. He knows we can't do it in our own strength. Okay, we have not a high priest that is not touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows even when Jesus Christ came down here, he took this power of the Holy Spirit to live a blameless and holy life. So he knows. So when God is speaking to you that be you holy, even as your heavenly father is holy, he is not saying you should do it in your own strength. God doesn't speak to any man, okay, according to the man's capacity, but God speaks to us based on his own capacity, what he is willing to do to us. And that's why he says that I, God is able to do exceedingly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Okay, so God does it, speaks to us based on the power of the Holy Ghost at work in us. At work in us. So it's very wrong for you to say that it's impossible for you to live holy because you are human. Of course, as humans, you can't live holy in your own strength, but because there is a power that is at work in you, because there is a power that raised Jesus from the dead, there is a power that nullified nullifies uh, the, 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 the natural law. There is a power that, that, that takes us above the natural law, that which is at work in us. It is possible for us to live holy. We can do what God says we can. All we just have to do is to believe and align ourselves properly according to what God has said. Okay? God does not speak to us based on human standpoint because he knows we can't in our own strength, but he speaks to us based on what is capable of turning us into if we would follow him and submit to him. The disciples were never made until they followed Jesus Christ completely. And that's why Jesus Christ said, follow me and I will make you. That means if you are, if you want to be made, okay, if you want to be, uh, be a man of substance, if you want to be a man of integrity, if you want to be a man of virtue, because the word of God says, like we read in that second page, I said, uh, who has called us unto glory and virtue. If you want to be a man of, of integrity, of virtue, of character, okay, in this polluted generation and this darkened world, okay, you must be willing to follow Jesus Christ completely and depend on him for everything uh, that you need and that uh, you will ever need. Okay, if you must see the world become flesh in our lives, if we must take, I mean, see the, uh, the, the, the word of God become flesh and reality in our lives, we must first take the promises to us as true, then secondly, depend totally on him to make it good in our lives. We must understand that no one can make, make God's word true except God himself, okay? Which is why he said that uh, he watches over his word to fulfill it. God fulfills his word. No one can fulfill it in, a, in, in, a, in his own strength, but God himself fulfills it, okay? He speaks and it is done. All we just need to do is to align ourselves, okay? All we just need to do is to align ourselves, okay, to the conditions as stated in his word. Okay, Eusea chapter 4 also has something to say along this line, talking about uh, uh, the, the, the importance okay, of knowledge, the importance of, of the renewal of the mind, the importance of understanding in the word of God uh, when it comes to uh, 
uh, living the life of God as believers. So chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And says, Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget uh, thy children. Talking about my people, not the people of God. People who have redeemed, people who are called by the name of God, people have, who have been bought with a price. He said they are destroyed, not because there is a devil, not because uh, the devil is more powerful, okay, but because they have a, a, they lack they lack the understanding, okay, of who they are. They lack the understanding of what is available and what is obtainable, you know, uh, for them in Christ. Okay, the word of God says, uh, from the days of John the Baptist, even up to now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And it takes the violence uh, to take its portion by force. Okay, takes the violence, okay, to take your portion by force. Okay, and that's why the word of God says, submit unto God. Okay, then when you resist the devil, he will flee away from you. We have a place of understanding the conditions. We have a place of submitting to the conditions, to the will of God. And there's a place of resisting. He says, what of God say, when your own obedience is complete, then you'll be able to, uh, to, uh, to, to fight every disobedience. Then you'll be able to revenge every disobedience, okay? But first, your obedience in the word of God, your alignment to the conditions, to the will of God must be complete. Okay, so my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge, because they lack understanding. They walk as mere men, as dead men because they lack understanding. Okay, uh, Proverbs 21 verse 16 says, He that wanders from the path of understanding dwells in the congregation of the dead. Okay, because they lack understanding, even though they are born again, even though they are tongue speaking, okay, fire branded, but because they lack understanding, they will walk as dead men. So the key to living the life of God is knowledge, in-depth knowledge in the Word of God. And may I say to us at this point that your ignorance uh, can affect your children. Your ignorance, ignorance, the consequences, the ignorance that you carry can be transferred to your children, to your generation, because or can affect your generation, your, your children. Okay, because he said in Isaiah chapter four, verse six, he said that seeing thou hast forgotten the Lord thy God. I will also forget your children. Okay, that means what you fail to know now, okay, doesn't just stop with you, but it continues. It affects your children. The battle you don't fight now, what you don't study now, the knowledge you didn't search for now, the key you don't have now, it will be difficult for you to deliver it to your children. You can't deliver it to them. If you don't have the secret to success in a particular area of life, it will be very, very difficult to hand over that same key to success or successful living uh, in that, concerning that particular area of your life to your children, okay? So we must uh, take this very seriously, okay? If you are to live a different and unique life as individuals, a life that distinguishes us from the ethnic, we must be given to study of the Word of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Except there is a change, I paraphrase it, okay, except there is a change in how we think, except we have the mind of Christ, we can't have or experience the life of Christ. To live a transformed life, you must have a renewed mind. 
to experience the same happenings that Jesus did, you must have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ must be at work in you. And that's why the word of God says, let this same mind be in you. Oh, you want to be like Jesus. The same works Jesus did you want to do. Okay? The same life he lived you want to live. But let this same mind that is at work in him be at work in you. Because it's as a man thinks, so is he. Okay, you walk according to how you think. Let's check Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. I'm going to be reading and I'll be speaking to a few things in this uh, passage. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. Verse 5, start reading, says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 6 says, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus had the same uh, privileges with God, equality with God, three in one, okay? The same uh, privileges, the same right with God, but thought it not robbery to be equal with God, okay? But made himself of no reputation. This mind of humility, if you must become anything, in this kingdom, if you must see the life of God at work in you, let this mind be in you. Not seeing yourself as someone who has attained. And that's why Paul says, I love Paul so much, Apostle Paul. He says, I see myself as someone who has not attained. Okay. I forget about the things that are past, but I look forward. I press towards the price. Okay. Of the mark of or the mark. Okay. To obtain the price of Christ that Christ actually has set before me. Okay, I press forward towards the mark. I press, I forget the things that are behind me, the success, the achievement, even the failures. I forget them. I forget them. I forget them. You know, you must learn to let these things go. Let this same mind be in you. He said, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Verse 6 says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He was not trying to claim, oh, I'm also God. Okay, I'm also good. I can do this. I can do everything. But he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Can we see now? Aligning himself according to the will of God. He got to a point that it was difficult for him. Okay, but he said, Father, your will and not my will. Like I told us in one of the sessions of what feels that until you get to a point whereby uh, obedience is costly, you've not started. Obedience is not easy. I mean, obedience will cost you something. Obedience goes alongside with sacrifice. Obedience. It must cost you something. He said, you obeyed unto the point of death. In fact, the word of God says that Jesus lent obedience through the things he suffered. Even the death of the cross. Verse 9 says, Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every, every, every other name. It's so unfortunate that men, some, most people want the glory, but they don't want to pass through the process. Jesus Christ says, Except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it will abide alone. It will remain alone. It will remain valueless. It will remain, I mean, alone. With no value, you know, but when it falls down and dies, it will bring forth more fruits, okay, plenty of fruits, become glorious, but it must go through the process of death, crucifixion. Crucifixion has something to do with aligning yourself 
with the will of God. You can't align yourself with the will of God except you are crucified. Because the spirit is enmity to the flesh. Okay? If you must walk in the spirit, you must deny yourself of fleshly desire. You must desire, deny yourself of fleshly desire. And one major way, as I round up, one major way the enemy debars us from living up to the standard of God or from living up to what God has designed us to live up to, apart from polluting our thoughts, is by fighting our understanding of the world. We must contend for the faith that was once delivered unto us. That was what the scripture says. Contend. That means it's a fight. To contend for the faith. To contend for spiritual understanding. You can't have faith except there's a spiritual understanding. Because the word of God says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. When there's a spiritual understanding, faith comes alive. So the word of God says, let us therefore contend for the faith. Contend for spiritual understanding. Because the devil is continually fighting against that understanding. Because he knows when understanding is lacking, he has taken, I mean, it's easy for him to take over. It's easy for, for him to be in charge. Let's contend for the faith that was one of, once upon a time delivered on trust. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4 says, But if our gospel be it, it is it to them that are lost. Verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That means the devil is constantly fighting against our spiritual understanding. You must not take it lightly. Fight in the place of prayer. You must understand. God must reveal. As a matter of fact, that was why the Holy Spirit was given to us, to show us deep things, to take us to a deeper level. Deep things in God, that we might walk in a different a different frequency just as God because we are exactly where Jesus is seated but for that uh, to be able to materialize physically we must move to the deeper end you must have the same understanding as Jesus have you must have the same understanding as Jesus have if you must have the same lay claim on the same inheritance because we are co-heirs with Christ that Jesus Christ have okay we must have the same mind at work in us we must have the same understanding so very quickly before I round up, what are, is the importance of spiritual understanding? Number one, it takes spiritual understanding to work as spiritual men. For to be carnally minded is death, but the spiritually minded is life and peace. It takes spiritually spiritual understanding to work as spiritual men. Okay, say so walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the works of the flesh. But except we are spiritually drunk, because one of God said, "Be not drunk with wine." What is essence? But be filled with the Spirit of God. Okay, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, what you are full of. Okay, will determine what what or how you walk. If you are full of the flesh, you will walk in the flesh. If you are full of the Spirit, you will walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Number two, what is the importance of spiritual understanding? When our understanding is unfruitful. We will lead an unfruitful Christian life. In the parable of the sower, we saw that it was the level of understanding that determined the percentage of harvest that they had. In Matthew chapter 13, we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 25. Uh, because of time, I'm not going to be reading it uh, to us. But when we after, I want us to go back to that passage and read it. We saw that uh, because of lack of understanding, the seed that dropped on the wayside 
okay, being fearful. We saw that because of the lack, I mean, because of differences in understanding, various in understanding, the seed that fell on good ground, some uh, produce 60 fold, some produce 100 fold. Why? Because of the variation in understanding. Understanding is powerful. If you want to be fruitful as a child of God, it takes spiritual understanding. I mean, you abide on the vine. You allow the vine to pass through you. You allow the vine to truly breathe on you. Okay? The fruit will be produced. But except there is a, there's a spiritual breathing upon you, except there is a transfusion from the vine into you as a branch, you can't produce fruit. You can't produce fruit. So many people are physically attached, okay, to the vine, but are spiritually disconnected. They go to church, but they are spiritually disconnected, okay? Their spirit man is disconnected from the spirit of Christ. And that's why they are not producing fruit. They are fruitless Christians, despite the fact that they go to church, they hear the word, but because their spirit man is not connected, they become, they, are, they live a, or lead a fruitless life. They lead uh, a fruitless life. So for those who didn't have a grip on the spiritual teachings of Christ or the spiritual teachings of the word of God uh, would bear no fruit. We must remember that the word of God or the word of Christ or the scriptures are spirit and life. Okay. And lastly, what is the importance of spiritual understanding? When our understanding is unfruitful, Christianity becomes a mere religion. When our understanding is unfruitful, we only carry the form but deny the power thereof. We only carry the form of godliness. We look like it, but we are not it. When understanding is unfruitful, okay, when there is no understanding, we look like it. But when challenges come, when confrontations come, we chicken it out. We don't run away, we go into hiding. Okay, we are afraid because understanding, okay, it's not it's not there. And that's why the word of God says that our God has not given us the spirit of a but the spirit of love, sound mind. Take note and of power. When soundness of mind is missing, power will not be available. Soundness of mind. Soundness of mind. Soundness of mind. Soundness of mind. You know, soundness of mind. When understanding is lacking, we will lack proof. So it becomes very difficult to be the witness uh, we ought to be, okay, because there is no understanding, which is why the enemy is continually fighting against our spiritual understanding. I pray that God will help us to see beyond what uh, has been said this evening. I pray that the Holy Spirit will breathe uh, fresh upon us. I pray that this evening God will begin to brew upon us by the Holy Spirit. I pray that this evening things will be stirred up in you that will cause you to contend for spiritual understanding, that will cause you to contend for the faith. Enough is enough of maintaining the status quo, of just saying, oh, ah, everybody is doing, everybody is experiencing it. Ah, it's normal for a Christian to fall sick. Oh, it's normal for a Christian to do to, to crash. It's normal for, no, 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 no. Enough of maintaining the status quo. Jerob, up, stir up. Let this thing be stirred up in you and begin to contend for it. And I pray that from now on, your life will take a new turn, your study life will take a new turn, the Holy Spirit will breathe upon you, and your understanding will be opened up afresh in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. So see you next week uh, once again. Uh, thank you for joining in this evening. Praise the Lord.